0: This is Peter.
1: And this is Tom.
0: And you're listening to History Teachers Talking Podcasts. All right, this is Peter Zablocki and Thomas Resco. Welcome back to the show. Uh, today we have, by popular demand, Mr. Daniel Gnellos joining us again. Welcome,
2: Dan. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me back.
0: Oh, any time, any time. Fellow history teacher, come on. So today we're going to talk about something that's actually very, very dear to me. I don't know if yeah, you guys muted. Yeah,
1: you were way too excited about this one, Pete.
0: I was. Well, so today, today we're talking about the yeah, Chernobyl. Much. I don't know why I'm laughing and smiling. This isn't funny. We're talking about the <laughs> Chernobyl um, nuclear disaster. But it is kind of dear to me in a sense because when Chernobyl happened... I was a little Polish boy yes, that was it. four years old, and I lived in Poland at the time, which was about 600, 700. My, my city was about six, 700 miles away from Chernobyl, and the Chernobyl nuclear cloud went right over my country and yes, my yeah, city.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, Pete, because you were over 600 miles away, but you're still in range. Like, think about yes. that. 600 yep. miles away, and you're still in the contaminated, the contaminated zone, basically.
0: Absolutely. And you methods. know, what, what, what's crazy is that I, again, I'm four. So I vaguely, if at all, my memories are probably from my parents telling me more so than me remembering it. But they actually, um, once, you know, the news came out of this, we were all called over and everyone had to go to like an emergency room and they shot us up with iodine. So I was shot up with KI, potassium iodine as a four-year-old to counter radiation, to kind of try to protect my thyroid. Um, and therefore, I can never give blood in this country, in the United States, because I was technically part of the whole Chernobyl thing. So you're basically poisoned. Oh my right? God. Right? I kind of glow at night, but like, I don't tell anybody. <laughs> you're, about. you're poisoned then. You're like, you're
1: like, <laughs> you, yeah. So anyway, so that's
0: why I was excited about this episode because like, I, you know, I, I lived it. I lived it.
2: How right? else does it affect you? Do you have to, as the iodine and stuff?
0: So the thing about the iodine is that Every every,
1: test or something for certain things?
0: Well, yeah. So, you know how when you become a teacher, you have to test for TB? You have to take a TB shot for tuberculosis? Mm -hmm. Because of supposedly because of what they shot me up with, I always come out positive on the (laughs) TB test. No, I'm serious. So, like when I was going to school here in the United States, um, when we immigrated, you know, like elementary school, and every time I switched over schools to middle school and high school, Um, They try to give me the TB test and they're like, Oh my my God, you have tuberculosis. And I'm like, no, I I don't. Like, I I really don't. I so I always have to get a chest X-ray, especially when I became a teacher, same thing. Like I had to prove that I don't have tuberculosis and that's supposedly um, most of the Eastern European children because of um, the shots that we got after Chernobyl.
2: (laughs) Don't worry. Not not TB, just radiation.
0: Just radiation. I know. (laughs) It's kind of scary. And like researching this stuff and I'm like, Oh man, this isn't good, you know. But um, no, but anyway, really that's what we're talking about right. today. We're talking about Chernobyl, guys. All right. Sounds... First of all, I just want to point out. I don't know about you guys, but I am not in any way, shape, or form into
2: like physics.
0: Yeah, there's a lot really... of physics
1: talk with this. A lot of the uh... yes.
2: Yeah, are you going to explain the uranium and the uh, the the all the uh, the Double nuclear? Yeah, all, all that. So lot, I try
0: to that. really, yeah. I really try to. Dumb it down the best I could. I mean, my physics teacher in high school literally thought he was abducted by aliens, and (laughs) I'm not kidding. He was actually told not to talk about it. So naturally, that's all we did is we tried to talk about it so we could get good grades, and then his good graces. But so yeah, and I'm not so good at. I mean, anybody want to take a shot because I kind of dumbed it down for myself in my notes so I could give it a shot with the whole. Hey, yeah, that's what I basically
1: did too. We we don't want to like get into like. Well, some of the physics were basically what caused a disaster. But really, I yeah. think well, as, as we talk about it, one thing that everyone has to keep in mind is you have to remember, too, like the Cold War is going on at this point. Yep. And that's one reason why this disaster was so bad. The United States had their nuclear reactors. And we had a little incident, too, that in Three Mile Island, um, nowhere yeah. near this. Okay. This was no. a level seven. This was a level seven um, uh, disaster. nuclear disaster, yeah. basically, yeah. Uh, that released more radiation than even Hiroshima.
0: Yeah, like and they so say, that, the cloud yeah. was so like 100, I don't know, I think, about that. radioactive, yeah, radioactive cloud, radioactive cloud from the um, explosion was equivalent to 400 Hiroshima yeah. atomic bomb the explosions.
1: Isotopes, the isotopes that escaped were huge. But because of the Cold War going on, the Soviets didn't want to look bad. So that's one reason why they didn't tell anybody about it. And we'll get to that, I know. But they're, yeah. they tried covering it up. They also, and really it was there, this is going to sound pro-American, but, you know. Uh, we're pro-American. Yeah. Uh, it's just They just didn't have the technology, and they tried to keep up with what the West was doing. And to do that, they didn't have the safety precautions of the West. And you saw this in their, um, in their nuclear subs, too. I'm sure you saw the movie, yeah. read the book, uh, K-19, The Widowmaker. Yeah, That's what I kept on thinking with this, because it was the same thing. They just didn't have the safeguards in place. Oh, nothing bad is going to happen. Nothing bad is going to happen. No, you're messing with nuclear power. Something bad can very easily happen. And yeah. really because they weren't prepared or because they weren't taking every precaution or had every scenario planned out of what, what to do, that's really why this happened. It wasn't just one reason. It was a combination. And a lot of times the US, the U.S. or the Western nuclear power plants had a bunch of different fail-safes that you'd have to have all these fail-safes fall apart and fail before something to happen. The Soviets, yeah. ones, the Soviets didn't have that. They had, well, one fail, up. Oh, I guess we're in trouble. You know, They just didn't yeah. really think that far ahead, or they didn't really care. They always wanted to get the the nuclear power plant up and running.
0: Yep. So I think the way we're going to break this down today, let's just kind of go over the background of like what actually happened. And then, you know, talk about the explosion and kind of the lead up to it. And then we'll talk about the cover up that you just mentioned. And then after the cover up, we'll talk about um the containment and the aftermath, you know, affects environment, animals, people, so on and so forth. So Background and the explosion, the cover-up, and then the aftermath. Simple as that, right?
1: Sounds good. Um, kind of um, nice so, logical order here.
0: Yep. So, um, Dan, you got anything for like what happened here? You want to try to give it a stab or? Uh... Uh-huh.
1: Yeah.
2: So the Soviet Union was kind of going through this time of stagnation uh, with Brezhnev, and then Gorbachev is coming in, and like Tom was saying, the Soviet Union's trying to trying to look good and make sure that you know these these reactors and um, the city. Is, and this is kind of like a big statement for the Soviet Union that they have these these nuclear uh, reactors and this you know this is where their energy is coming from is this this powerful place and they're trying to do a um, a test to see um, would these nuclear reactors be able to handle low power or if there was a I guess a a power problem power at outer. the plant yeah yeah so um, from what I read is that they started this test and they started you know turning off parts of the reactor uh to see how it would react with with low power um and then from what i heard though is this was taking a long time so they literally had like basically a b team come in for like the second shift overlooking it um and just one or two mistakes you guys might know a little bit more about that but um it kind of sent it to a kind of like a point of no return where the um the reactor started going into meltdown mode i guess they have um, they use graphite to kind of control the intensity of the, yeah, um, the, the yeah, the, yep. yeah, the new, yeah whatever's going on in there to create yep. the energy. And um, I guess it got to a point where it just couldn't stop heating up or powering. And um, was,
1: yeah, what it basically was, I'm sorry to interrupt. It, it, yeah, it all worked. They, they heated these rods up, and then they would put the rods in water basically, and that would boil the water, and that would turn these turbines, and that would produce the power. What mm-hmm. happened with the graphite is that it, the material that they made out of the graphite was not. It worked, but it only worked so well, yeah. and the problem mm-hmm. was when you it didn't cool instantly. That was the main problem when they went back into like the storage when they went back into mm-hmm. the um the pods, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So I remember watching the Chernobyl uh, HBO did that special, and they they showed. Oh, did you it really, see that? I never yeah, saw I, but I've yeah, I like, it, but I it, have I watched. It was, it was, it was good. really good. And I remember watching that and about this. And what happened was when they placed the rods and they're supposed to cool instantly. The graphite rods didn't. They held. They held on. That was a major difference between like Western power plants and the Soviet power plants was the graphite rods. I'm not getting into the whole physics of it, but yeah. when they placed the rod inside of the um, the cooling water, it didn't cool down the way. So when it went into the rod, it was still hot. And I'm, t- I'm not talking like it's just like warm to the touch. It's still like it would melt anything. And that causes yeah. a, a steam explosion, which is what sets off this reactor. Kind of like what Dan was saying, because they had these, this B team come on and they really weren't prepared yeah. for this. And they were looking through manuals. They physically had manuals out and there was nothing to do because the power dipped so low. Um, it was like a test to see how low they could dip it and see if like the backup power would kick in.
0: Yeah. And they
1: had manuals out and they didn't know what they were doing. And the supervisor's just like, well, what are you doing? You have to do this test. And they're like, we don't know how to do this test. No one knows how to do this test. It's not in the manual. It's just like reduced the power even further. So it just kept on going. So it was that human error, but it was also a functioning error that they didn't know, but actually they did know about. It was told to them that these that using graphite has this this problem could occur, but they just didn't think it would ever occur because they didn't think the power would ever go to zero. Not knowing, again, you have this B team there. They let the power go to zero, and there you go. Yeah, yeah I also it heard the – um,
2: the The fact that you know because it is a uh, the Soviet Union and the amount of bureaucracy that comes with having you know that type of government that people weren't really just going to step in and just take initiative and make all these big changes in the moment they needed to wait for the higher ups to tell them what to do and how to handle this problem. And there's a lot of like there was so much government and bureaucracy involved that and responding to, to it yeah if they had
1: that pressure, if they decided not to do it, why didn't you do this? And they're going to lose their job. They're, something's going to happen to them. They didn't have that. That's a, a major difference. Like, that's a great point, Dan, with the whole capitalism versus communism argument. You have that Western yeah. idea. They kind of will think for themselves a little bit more. right? You know, talk about yeah. so- sociology, yeah. the whole idea of free will, right? Or you're going to yeah. that moral, like the moralness that you're going to like do the right thing no matter what. I'm not saying this, people in Russia don't have morals, but in like this type of structure, they're just going to do what they're told. They're not going to deviate. Of course.
0: I mean, you'd be punished. I mean, there's no question about it. You would definitely be punished. I mean, you know, my father would tell me when he was in school and under communist rule in Poland, they would literally teach him, this is, you know, in the 50s and 60s, they would teach him to go home and basically spy on his parents. Like, you know, if you hear anything, you know, spoken against the state, please report it to your teacher. Like insane stuff. So there's obviously that fear in here, and you guys explained this a lot better than I could, by the way. I mean, I have really like dumbed this down. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't want to like kind of reiterate, but so this, ultimately... this
1: explosion happens. Let's go from the explosion exactly. I was
0: gonna say, explosion happens, and just kind of one point is what they're trying to do they were trying to create a test, as Dan said, to see what would happen if electricity. Uh, goes down at one of these four power plants because there's four of them technically, four reactors. Yeah, this is reactor um, four.
1: This is reactor Yes, this
0: reactor number so four. It's in US-1. And they're like, hey, you know what? We're just doing a test. What happens if the power goes out? Will it slow down the reactor? And and basically, while they were doing this test, they they screwed up, right? And this leads to an explosion at 1.23 a.m. Um, on April, what day was it? April 26th. 20... Sixth. 6th? Se- sixth? Yeah. So 27th, I guess, now, right? 26th, so 27th, yeah. Yep. the radiator overheats, um, the steam builds up, boom, it explodes, and it releases eight tons of radioactive debris into the air, right? One, once this happens, uh, as you guys already mentioned, first of all, a lot of people now believe that what was worse than the actual reactor blown up was the cleanup. They said the cleanup itself was much deadlier than the original blast.
1: That's what people got. I mean, so I think three or four people died in the actual, expo- like the steam explosion. Mm-hmm. Most of the people actually got out. It was then the cleanup because remember the Soviets are denying this at first; they're saying nothing's wrong. Yeah, and it wasn't until the Swedish government was, was getting alerts from like monitoring air, um, yeah, atomic energy their atomic energy agency that yeah they thought happened. something
0: was wrong with theirs.
1: Yeah, they're like, no, but wait a minute, the isotopes over that you can trace it somehow. You can trace like the the intensity of the radiation. They were to trace back the source, like this tail, trace it all the way back to. Chernobyl, which is in the Ukraine, right? Uh, Priyat, what's, what's yep. the?
0: Yeah, that's the town.
1: It's right over there. And they kind of knew something was going on. And it's only then that the Soviets, we knew something was up too. We had like, satellite, what's going on there? But they admitted it was nothing or maybe just a small little problem. Um, or they only considered that it was a minor problem at first. But then we started seeing um, or getting reports that they were evacuating more than 100,000 people from the area. That's when the global community realized something big is going on here. Okay, this isn't just a small. The Soviet Union wouldn't be doing this unless it was a massive um, accident. Yeah, they're they're just getting with everybody. And people were told you leave everything. They left their pets. Yeah, they but before, before that, that that everything, no,
0: before they were told to they were told you'd be back in approximately at most three days. Yeah, right. But even before that happened, you know, first you have firemen to get on the scene. And, oh, yeah. you know, there's some interviews with some firemen. And one guy was like joking around at the time. Even he goes, oh, we're, this isn't probably good. This this is a nuclear power plant. We're going to be dead soon. You know, it's just such an eerie thing for the guy to say.
1: That was a guy, um, Tenko was his name, last name. Yep. yep. And he wound up having severe radiation poisoning to the point where... At his funeral, they had buried him in like a lead coffin. Wife said his body was so swollen, his legs, his arms, they were so swollen, deformed. He had no clothes that could fit him because they couldn't fit around his body because of the like just that radiation. It just, you know, the cells just burst basically. And it was a painful death apparently too.
2: Whoever is listening to this, you got to go YouTube or check out some of the cleanup crew footage because it is just some of the most surreal – Footage. It looks like it's from a movie from a different dimension. It is.
0: Yeah. Like a nuclear fallout. As if we did That's like Terminator it actually happened. Right. Nuts. So 28 workers and uh, firefighters died from just, you know, like you say, radiation, acute radiation poisoning, trying to uh, clean this thing up. But the fire itself lasts for about a total of like 15 days before it's finally put out. Right. Mm-hmm. There's close to like 500,000 personnel involved in trying to contain this. And as you mentioned, at first, no one says anything to the town, the people in the town that right next to it. And then it really took him like 36 hours be, like before the Soviets are like, all right, we got to start evacuating these people. There's 115,000 people that live nearby. And that's what Tom was saying. Like, they got evacuated. But again, 36 hours later. And that's already when... And the whole you time know, they're,
1: they're soaking up radiation. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. And actually, you knew that already because... Uh, most of them started vomiting, started getting headaches. They actually started getting like acute, you know, poisoning, radiation poisoning um, within those 36 hours. And people right. are like, what the heck is going on? Right. Um, they're coming home. They can't see. They're tasting like metal on their tongues. They're like, something's not right. Something's not right. And then finally, after like 36 hours, buses showed up. And as you said, the buses showed up and they're like, you know what? Everyone leave everything behind. Get on these The guys on this bus. We're going to be gone for top three days, you know, tops. Everything's going to be fine. Just get on the bus. And that's why this city, um, you know, it's kind of left like a ghost it's, town. I mean, these eerie. people.
1: It's very eerie. It was, yeah. Was like like
0: they would leave a kettle on, you know, on a stove. It was just like. Oh, like that.
1: Back. There was amusement park there. So you, yeah. you, that's the main thing that you would see like the Ferris wheel, like the merry-go-round and everything's just kind of frozen. There's just like some toys laying here and there. Uh, yeah. because they just were told to leave instantly. And. They just weren't ready for something like this and the whole thing too this this is in the 80s and they tried robots at first they did try getting robots but they realized that the radiation was interfering with the electronics um Mm. they show that in the movie big time too but i know they're all happy whole point is supposedly the americans had a robot that probably would have worked a little bit better but they refused to take it but they did agree to take one from the germans later on like their robots the russian robots couldn't do anything they wound up getting the german one which kind of worked they couldn't get too close but most of the debris that was moved only 10% was ever moved by a robot yeah a lot of it was on the
2: uh, was on the roof right on the roof they had to get it off the roof in order to seal it yeah it was crazy i saw some footage of them trying to use like remote controls to like move these robots and then like you said they they ended up breaking down
1: they couldn't handle it. Yeah. And they weren't the best either at this point. That's why you had most of it was done by people and they were only allowed to be up there for 90 seconds and they had to sweep this debris off the roof and they could only be up there for 90 seconds. And at that time they were, um, got about 25 wrens, which is a huge amount of radiation.
2: Could you, um, could you imagine they, I, the guy, um uh, they would literally just be like, all right, a team of like 10 guys at a time or whatever. You got ninety seconds. Get up there with your shovels. Do what you can in ninety seconds, and get back. Or else, they had a
1: stopwatch. They had a stopwatch. Like, and they would tell you, "All right, time's up. Get back in." You had to run back in. A lot of times, people fell. He fell when he fell. His foot got caught, so he like ripped a little bit, like his suit. And now he got radiation poisoning. There was stuff like that. But I want to get before I want to get anything else, Pete and Dan. I don't know if you saw the um, the radioactive water. Did you see that part?
0: No, I didn't see anything about that.
1: So this was something. This is what. Um, really they, I, the movie did show and i remember reading about it i remember hearing about it this is what actually uh, who was the premier not, it wasn't boris yeltsin was it? he was yeah, the guy okay. and he's the one that steps in at this point because what they find out after they, they were in no disaster the world community knows it is a disaster at this point but what they're finding out is that the um steam the water pressure is building up and they have to find a way to release this water pressure or it's going to cause a second explosion and this second explosion is going to be massive and they say wow. if the second explosion um, takes place, it's going to make parts of Europe, um, parts of – Inhabitable, Europe, yes. And, uh, and I inhabitable saw that. for thousands of years. Yes. So they need yeah. to find a way to do this. As
0: far as France.
1: Yeah, as far yeah. as – it, it would just kill everything within an hour. It, everything's going to be dead. So you yeah. like, are like, how we stop this from happening? And the only way to do it is they had to get people to volunteer, three men, a volunteer to wade through this radioactive water to go and release the valve. And it was, it was, it was more than just you know turning a valve. It was a lot more complicated than that. So they had these three engineers that did it, and they actually all survived.
0: Mm-hmm. One wow. guy's name
1: is um, Alexei um, Anarenko. He's, like, the most famous one that kind of led it. And they had to go through to wait like, waist-deep in radioactive water, wearing these suits. They had to, you know, go and release this water pressure. Otherwise, it was going to explode and take out Europe. It's really one of these stories that, like, I'm really surprised, like, more people don't know about. Or there's not, like, more – even in Russia, like, there's not – not too many people know they kind of kept it under wrap but this guy saved europe like in probably the world yeah i actually read
0: about the fact that i remember now i read about the fact that they didn't initially release that information because how close it was to literally almost turning europe into a a nuclear wasteland
1: yeah because it would have that's it like there would it would just be yet that that you think the era of chernobyl is bad it would have been nothing compared to what happens if that if uh, if there was that second explosion because then everything would just be
3: Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.
1: No, all three of the reactor, the other three reactors. Yeah, it would have made a chain reaction. They all would have exploded. Yep. So, and they all survived. One guy just recently died, died like 2008, 2009 from a heart attack, but unrelated to radiation poisoning. Which those those are Europeans.
2: They're just built I different.
1: I know. know <laughs> <laughs> They're they able to handle
0: it. The entire thing happens, as you mentioned. It's kind of covered up, and then the cleanup starts. Um, let's talk about some of the like diseases and other things that this actually caused. See, like the environmental, as well as human and animal um, effects.
1: Just even today, like you said, it's still giving off a lot of radiation. And the main point is this part on the elephant's foot. Now you guys yep. can Google this, like Dan was saying before. And it's basically, it looks like an elephant. It's called the elephant's foot. It's like melted. It's a core that melted. And mm-hmm. it's still radiating radiation. Like, this is one, you can go into parts of Chernobyl. It's kind of weird. I was watching this one quick video where the guy's like outside of it. You can see the plant where the dome mm-hmm. is now. And he's like, look, the radiation is not high, but you just go like another part and the radiation is really high. And if you actually went to the elephant's foot, which no one's ever gone, they just sent like robots and cameras down there, that if you were exposed to it for 60 seconds, it would it would kill you. You wouldn't get out of there. That's how like intense the radiation still is from that point. Um,
0: they say another 20,000 years before human uh, habitation. Yeah. And will that, that
1: will continue um, to be dangerous like that for another 100,000 years. Yeah. And it's yeah. just
2: eating through the ground it's on. So like eventually it might go through. It's just going to keep right. eating and eating and eating. Whatever the corium is that makes it up.
0: Yeah. It's yeah just... That's a good point.
1: They poured concrete. They sprayed it with stuff, and it's it's not the it's not working. The concrete started to crack a couple years ago. I guess we can get into that a little bit later, but yeah, um, yeah they, they, also, they, they, had, they had to go fix it. And they they not yeah. the fixing the um the fixing whatever you want to call it. The containment is supposed to continue until twenty sixty five when they're mm-hmm. still working on it. And that's the crazy thing too. What I found that was just kind of made me be like, I had to double check it. Was that after this reactor problem, the power plant was still functioning?
0: Yes, the three other ones went as far up to 2,000. It was the last year. Yeah, well, even the, after that, it, it was even
1: after 2,000. Which is insane. People went like, to work. 2017, like, they were still going on. Yep. In the, the same complex. Yeah, which in is given the operation. Because yeah. there was another disaster at Chernobyl in October of 1991. A fire broke out in Reactor 2, but they were able to um, put it down before it got crazy. Jeez. And in 2017, <laughs> there was a cyber attack. Someone actually hacked into the controls. And started to mess with the controls. And um, that, that's when they started, like, we have to we have to change this. We have to do something with this because people are, you know, computerized are able to get into this because they just never put any, like, encryptions on it. So, these hackers just hacked into it. So, those Russian hackers, you know, they hack elections and they hack. Uh, they hack- <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> be careful.
0: Oh, Jesus. No, but. In all seriousness, like you said, there was people went to work. I mean, and they say primarily because Ukraine just was deficient in in uh, energy. I mean, they needed it. So I mean, people yeah, just went to work. To that area. Yeah, people went to work after this, which is insane. But kind of, um, so yeah, so what they build, to add on to that, um, sarcophagus, right? They build this huge yeah. concrete sarcophagus. It kind of encased the entire reactor, right? And the idea, as you said, was to prevent radiations from spreading. Still inside, there remain about 200 tons of radioactive fuel. Um, so this concrete, you know, structure started breaking down. So, um, they started creating it, was just finished actually a couple years ago. Um, this like confinement structure, you guys could google it, it it's huge. Uh, it stands at, like 260 meters wide, which means it could fit uh, Titanic, literally, the, the ship Titanic would fit widthwise. wise. And it's like 110 meters high, which is taller than the Statue of Liberty. Um, it costs about three billion dollars, and this is like this huge confinement structure that was built. It's, it's kind of cool because they built it on rails next to um, the nuclear reactor four, and then they slid it over the reactor. And they said that this is supposed to last this confinement structure for like hundred years um, before it starts to also deteriorate. It's already from, starting to crack now. Yep, yeah, which I'm saying because the yeah. The radiation so high, which is crazy.
2: That's so, so awesome.
0: It's crazy, man. So now, um, disease is caused by the event, right? This is so When I was looking at this, I'm sure you guys probably found this. This was kind of insane. Um, thank goodness I was born in 82 and not, you know, four <laughs> years later. Uh, many doctors in Eastern Europe advise pregnant women to have abortions.
1: Yeah, they said over 150,000 wow. happened.
0: Yes, because there's this fear that, you know, your child's going to be born deformed and, uh, you know, you can't risk it. So you, like you said, thousands. It's this is crazy. So thank goodness a, I was born before. Yeah. That.
2: Belarus got hit real hard, right? That, they kind of got hard. the worst of it.
0: Real hard. A thyroid cancer specifically in Belarus. Um, so Belarus is a is a smaller nation that's kind of actually between Poland and Ukraine. Um, before the Chernobyl disaster, Dan, there was under one per one per one million people would have thyroid cancer. So one per every million. And by 1995, it was a hundred per every million people. So, yeah, what
1: that's called, wow. P, I'm sure you saw that, was something called the, the Chernobyl necklace. Yep. And that was that horizontal scar that was done on the base of the neck to remove the um, the cancer on the thyroid from the mm-hmm. surgery. And yeah, oh. said that was that was very common, or you had such a huge round of cases in Belarus, Ukraine, Russia, Poland during that yeah. time that it was just nicknamed. If you saw someone with that, like, oh yeah, that you know that's the Chernobyl necklace. That person got thyroid cancer from that Chernobyl disaster from all that radiation. It was very common in that area, part of Europe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that's why I was freaked out when they had to cut up my, you know, thyroid stuff. What is that a year ago, two years ago? Scary stuff, man. Yeah. So um, also West Germany down syndrome peaked right for some nine months in January of a 1987 um, that people believe and scientists believe that it was related um, to um, Chernobyl supposedly again, Nothing is definite, but they said the peak was above – it was like 12 cases just in January of Down syndrome, which, again, unprecedented at the time. And it followed shortly thereafter, um, the actual disaster. But – so, again, roughly 6,000 cancer cases have been linked to the event, but it's hard to really specifically pinpoint that they were caused by the event. Yeah, and the Russians
1: will never admit to it. Like exactly that it caused deaths they said no there's like maybe 125 total deaths linked to Chernobyl yeah they're not saying other people say no it's more like 900,000 like it's, it's, it's that big of a difference
0: yeah and did you read that mostly children were affected the most um, yeah
1: that makes sense because it they, just their bodies can absorb that amount
0: of radiation yeah and mostly thyroid cancer was the biggest outbreak um, which is
2: crazy though too because there were people who decided to stay. A lot yes, of the older people, still people live there.
1: yeah, in that area, yeah. The it's only like it's not a lot, but yeah, it, they're not supposed to live there, but they do. That's basically what it is. Like,
2: yeah, they when the when the army came and they were evacuating people, I guess some people have lived there for so long and just you know whether they're farming there or just living their lives, they're like, I mean, for us to leave, you're basically just going to have to shoot us and drag our bodies away because we're not going anywhere. And the government was like, "All right, have a nice day." Yeah, they didn't have they
1: didn't have time to argue this because that's been the soldiers. They knew a little bit more, like somewhat, what was going on. Not all of them, but somewhat. So they're like, "Listen, if they want us to get out of here, we have to get out of here. We're not going to stick around." So if you didn't want to leave, mm. they weren't going to. Were like today, we're getting out of here because they didn't want to be there either.
2: True, yeah.
1: because a lot of them were. Then when they started hearing about the radiation, and they're still trying to get people to leave, they um, a lot of them started wearing um, like lead cups because they like because they didn't want to um, like athletic cups because they didn't yeah. they didn't want like they want to make sure that they didn't. Um, Become sterile. and stuff I saw like that. that
2: they call it the egg baskets.
1: Yeah, so they started they started wearing those, and they were like making them themselves because they were like we're not we're not walking around here unless we have like protection. Wow, because there That's were cool. squads in there that had to go and shoot like the federal dogs and stuff like that. Like months later, they had to go in. They didn't want these dogs running away looking for food and like maybe contaminating other areas, so they had to go in there and shoot all the federal dogs and stuff, all the animals that were left behind and things like that.
0: And talk about animals. Uh, I mean, they're saying that now it's basically a huge wildlife sanctuary. Yeah, but yeah. but there are some weird caveats to that, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure you saw this. Um, it, since then, now it's an abandoned, you know, abandoned city near uh, Chernobyl, but not really abandoned in a sense because you have bears, you have foxes. I mean, literally wildlife's living there. But what they're finding is specifically in birds. Um, they found a lot of different types of birds that were found with much smaller than normal brains. And specifically swallows, um, you know, they have albino uh, swallows, which is not a thing. They're only in um, and near Chernobyl. Also deformed feet of birds, uh, tail deformed uh, tail feathers, tumors. Um, there are also some cows exhibited some like nuclear, you know, mutations there near there.
1: there. And they said animals as far away as Germany still has They're fine a lot of, they actually have to, in Germany when you hunt game like deer and stuff like that, While well, and like boar, you have to get it tested afterwards and the lava if it has too uh-huh. high a level of radiation you're not allowed to you know do anything with it with it because it's still contaminated you still have that there and i saw that P. there's so many like the animals are messed up but i said one thing the animals that did not come back are a lot of the insects did not come back back to that area particularly mm-hmm. spiders there's like virtually no spiders in that area and again it's because of the radiation they just can't survive they usually like those like darker spots spots and I was gonna make
0: a Spider Man joke. I it was gonna be bad. It was gonna be a dad joke. <laughs> I'm so like weird. nuclear spiders. I got all excited and yeah, I, but like, they, I but can't. there aren't
1: spiders there, so it wouldn't have
0: worked.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that the animals are doing as good as they are though. That's what I was expecting to see some like two headed frogs and stuff, but Yeah. They got packs so, yeah. of wolves running around and they
1: have wolves, but you have that they do have wolves there, but that's the thing too. There was like that fake documentary wouldn't think is real, like the the wolves of Chernobyl, which is supposed to be like these like wolves that are like Giant, they're like,
0: yeah, yeah, like the Game of Thrones kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and that's fake. There's no giant mutated wolfhound (laughs) Uh around Chernobyl. And so that would be cool at some level. But if they had those things run around, you know, they're not going to have tour buses there and going stuff like that. It's kind of just they realize that there's no people there and they're kind of doing the trade off. They're like, yeah, they're getting like thyroid cancer and it's like tough living, but it's a good trade off not to have human interference.
0: That's what it is. That's why they say that there's so much wildlife because they're just left alone. Except for but they like farms. live in the buildings like it, it's insane it's like zootopia you know the Disney cartoon <laughs> but like you know a nuclear zootopia nuts um so they're saying overall though uh trees right they're, did you hear about there's one area particularly area red near farm. that it was yes they turned into a red forest because all the trees just kind of burned um, through the radiation and turned red did they cut them all down and they buried them in big trenches they said or deep trenches um still when it comes to like diseases caused by the event scientists are very divided as officially officially right attributed to the Chernobyl, there is 50 deaths, uh, adult deaths and nine children. That's essentially what is officially attributed to the Chernobyl disaster. 50 people died plus nine children. Um, more, obviously. Yeah. 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 So now um, there's some interesting numbers though. So there was about a hundred thousand reactor staff, right. That were exposed to radiation between the three different, um, Reactors. There was close to 200,000 workers overall over the entire span of cleaning this up that were involved in the recovery operations. However, now it's been, you know, 20 years or so, only, it's terrible to say only, but only roughly about the 50 people or so died. So scientists are still very much divided on, like, well, there's so many people. Like, how long will it take to see the effects of this on them? You know, well, again, it's, radi- it's only 20 radiation years.
1: Is radiation is very tricky how you yep. can absorb it, what you're, there's so many other factors with it. Um Now, I was, when I was reading about this, that they really don't know. You can't really tell what type of, like, unless it's high level, how that radiation is going to affect a person. They might seem absolutely fine. Then the next day they wake up and their hair's falling out or nothing yep. might, nothing might happen at all. It's really like a person by person basis. A lot of times on how this radiation is, is going to affect you.
0: Yeah. Uh, did you see the idea of the flora and fauna? The idea that um, a lot of the plants afterwards started to thrive in the environment as well, which is weird. Uh, one particular is there's a fungus that exists yeah, um, that uses radiation to produce its own energy. Like radiation is its energy source. Like you would think solar panels use sunlight, It's just crazy. You have yeah, these like, like a, nuclear yeah. mushrooms growing. Yeah, they're going to talk
1: one day. And gonna, we're going to be fighting them in probably 50 years it's crazy control of the planet.
0: Wow. So do we, do we have any, um, do we have any fun facts? I mean, again, this is a kind of disaster, but do we have any uh, interesting fun facts?
2: That mushroom one just blew my mind.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We know that there was so much nuclear radiation released in this, Mm -hmm. this disaster, but all the, um, that in the fifties and sixties, the above ground nuclear weapons testing, actually Mm -hmm. was 1,000 released 1,000 times more radiation than Chernobyl did. So all those nuclear tests that were going on during that time, that was putting more radioactive isotopes into the atmosphere than Chernobyl did. The thing is Chernobyl was much more concentrated. It was much more in one specific area. But uh, yeah, so I mean, this is nothing new. We've been releasing radiation in this planet for a long time. This is a disaster that it didn't happen that long ago. Like I know you're saying you were a kid when it happened. I was a kid too, obviously. Dan, you, I don't know if you were even born. When, <laughs> no, uh, not before. yet. Yeah, when this took Oh, you're right. young. Like I don't remember, it, remember <laughs> it, but I remember hearing about it like afterwards and stuff like that. And um, it was this, you have Three Mile Island. That's why they kind of stopped building nuclear power plants, particularly in the United States after Three Mile Island. You didn't see any more. The Chernobyl disaster really made people scared. And then in 2011, we can't talk about Chernobyl without talking about 2011 with the uh, Fukushima.
0: Fukushima, the, the second and largest.
1: Yeah, which was not as bad as Chernobyl, but it was also it was a category seven, and um, wow. that was just man. That was remember Japan had that and had the tsunami like within a few months of each other, I believe. And that, that's still leaking radiation, and everything
0: too. I think we should also mention, and we kind of briefly touched upon this. I guess this would be the fun fact: the idea of tourism growing yes, over yeah, the years. It, yeah. Like you, you could actually like plan a vacation to Chernobyl. And It's like a big like the guides the go in like there. That. Yeah, you get a pass. You, know, you got these guys
1: counters with you, the measure of radiation.
0: Oh, it's crazy.
1: But you can go to the um, website, yeah, to tour, well, Chernobyl Tourism, and they'll tell you like how much it like what each thing is that they how they how much money it costs and how to book it and what times a day you can go. Because there's certain times when they recommend you don't go or certain parts you can go mm-hmm. to. Basically you, you pay money to get exposed to high levels of radiation. I'm not sure <laughs> how uh that is. But again, that's that's it kind of shows you how Soviet Union, well though now mm-hmm. Russia kind of changed, right? Because now you Look, they would never do something like that. Now it's that's like capitalism, right there. They're taking a, you know an opportunity and turning mm-hmm. it to make profit. Hey,
2: that, yeah, that's something we would do. What are they doing over yeah. there? I no, was watching, watching one of the tours, and they were like, uh, they kept referring it to uh, chest X-rays. They're like, yeah. oh, so if you spend a minute here, that's how many chest X-rays it equals, or that exposure to this and that. Oh, wow. and-
0: they said also there's a forty percent increase in tourism since the hbo uh show yeah, premiered that
1: huge yeah that, that, now that people are like of, are, well,
0: and like people see you know selfies like hey <laughs> like it's crazy
1: yeah which is not because uh, you think about this like it's still leaking I, I don't care like i i'm interested in this sort of stuff and like history but i'm not going to go to chernobyl and take selfies i don't know it yeah. just doesn't like appeal to me because i don't think it's safe necessarily even though people say it's safe but you never know like what if that day something the elephant's foot heats up again because it's still technically burning that's what they say it's not fire but it's still technically burning it's smoldering it's still like damn saying it's still melting the earth around it you want to go near this thing i don't care how far away you are i don't i I don't know it's just well you know
0: it is it is illegal it's technically according to uh ukraine government they're
1: not they're not they're not enforcing it
0: exactly it's illegal to Mm -hmm. live in chernobyl however in the surrounding area right However, uh, they know for a fact that despite that it being illegal, there's still around 140 inhabitants that, that live in these zones. And they, a lot of them do like illegal tours for, you know, YouTubers. And they take
1: artifacts and they sell them too. That's the one thing they're worried about too, I saw, is that they go into like certain parts and they'll remove like pieces or like things and then they'll sell these things. But the, these artifacts from Chernobyl, from that area, they're radioactive.
2: You're gonna bring back a radioactive Atari back to the United yeah, States.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. You're bringing back these radioactive <laughs> element, and it's like, again, like you're gonna, you're gonna try to smuggle that, like carry it in your pocket. Like, <laughs> go ahead. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's not probably not the smartest move. But again, it, it, that's why it's illegal because it, it's it's gonna it can do a lot of harm.
2: It is trippy to just see like the 1980s Soviet yeah. Union frozen in time. Like I know, I've always known about Chernobyl, but again, like I would see, you know, how many people died. I was like, oh, that's terrible. People had to move. But like, until I was getting ready for this podcast and really diving into it, I didn't realize a, like how terrible it almost really was for all of Europe. And then the, the heroism of, you know, how Tom was mentioning all the guys they threw at it who just risked their life and health to save the rest of the continent. Yeah, they
1: were told that too. Like it wasn't like the Soviets saying, "We're not telling you." They told them. They they were telling them what was going on. And the movie does a great job of this too. A lot of some of the um, people that were there, the day it happened, they were put on trial. I don't remember the guy's name, but like the he was the command, you know, commanding officer, the mm-hmm. director in charge. He was basically made a scapegoat for all of this.
2: Yeah, they and, sent him to prison, you know, right?
1: He, he sent him to prison. He was there for I think like ten years, and then when he got out, he went back to working in the power plants again. Wow, And he even said at the trial, this is a farce. I know you're just going to convict me. You want to blame it on me, blame it on me, but it, had no, it has nothing to do you know, with me. It was the faulty design. And then there was this uh, woman, I, I can't remember her name. She, um, she basically pressured the Soviet Union to come out and say, no, it was these rods. That was a problem because they planned on building a bunch of other reactors with the same problem. Like you can't, We'll have more Chernobyls if we keep on building it with these graphite rods. We have to spend the extra money and get these the the different model, the different material. That's not gonna that will cool off instantly. That's not gonna superheat the the air when you put it into the water. Or the superheat the water. That's crazy.
0: Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining us again.
2: Thank you, my pleasure.
0: All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And we will see you guys next week. Take it easy. Stay safe, everybody. I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast. And if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind
2: Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune into disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read.